0: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Hey, hey, and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, episode number 129. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Sim Ahmed. Welcome along, Sim. Great to have you here as always. Great to be here as always. Well, almost always. You you you've become a real regular on the uh, on the New Zealand Tech podcast. It's hard
1: to leave here when you've got my legs and chains, Paul. It's hard <laughs> to leave. Hey, don't don't um... don't tease. Someone might think I'm being serious. Mm. I know.
0: Now Friday night was a was a fun night. We uh, were hanging out at the New Zealand High Tech Awards, enjoying all the uh, food, entertainment, and the like. How'd you like it?
1: Um. Basically, I thought it was pretty damn awesome. Um, It was very glitzy. It was very glamorous. It was very well-deserved for our little tech community that's doing so much for New Zealand's economy. I was um, thinking in the night that if uh, the Sky City Convention Center uh, fell apart on Friday, uh, it would take with it about $20 billion worth of uh, industry in New Zealand. So um, that, that was pretty interesting to think about.
0: Yeah, don't don't suggest that to <laughs> too to, to many people. <laughs> you never know what might happen. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was definitely it was a real glitzy event, and they put on a pretty cool uh, show as well. Some of the entertainment was uh, was quite neat, particularly how they sort of started the show. I don't even know how to describe um some of those sort of the,
1: there was a digital trunnifa
0: tron tron style yeah. uh wasn 't there yeah
1: uh, it's as cool as it sounds it,
0: it was it was really really cool uh, and that was interacting uh well in a in a in some sort of sense appeared to be controlling and interacting the projected wall, which would have been uh, how many meters long would that full projection have been? It was maybe
1: like twelve meters. Or yeah, something it was like something that, like yeah. it
0: was huge, and the the this uh, Tron style Tenifer was, um, uh, you know controlling it in the style of how would you describe that the sort of the gesture type waves as we've seen in I don't what know, it, in it what, kind what, of looked what like what a really movie? old
1: episode of uh, Dragon Ball Z oh, really? had, like oh, the little okay. power ups and stuff but it was really cool it was way cooler than Dragon Ball Z and uh, yeah I thought it was really well done by the Inside high tech team
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was neat. So um it's good good to see everyone get uh, get dressed up and to uh, to celebrate the great stuff going on in uh, in the industry. Now we do have a couple of um uh we have yeah, some extra episodes
1: uh coming through. Yeah, with uh, the winners, uh, and, and should we mention the winners from last week? We
0: should, we should. So we, we'll, we'll, um, yeah, we will be doing those as separate to this episode. Uh, but we did sat, sit down and, and chat with uh, with most of the winners, uh, including in an, an extended chat with uh, with Rod Drury, who of course was on um, as as our guest here uh, for the main uh, NZ Tech podcast episode last week. But um, yeah, let, let's drill into the uh, into the winners.
1: So um the. Overall winner, the grand category winner was uh, Rod Dury's Zero, which is for the uh, PWC NZ High Tech Company of the Year award. Uh, And Zero also took out the uh, HSBC and NZMEA High Tech Exporter of the Year over $5 million category. Um, Just last year, uh, Zero was in the under $5 million category, so pretty impressive leaps and bounds by the company.
0: That's that's incredible, isn't it? Their, uh, Their revenues are really, really growing quickly.
1: And yet, no profit for the shareholders, as uh, Chris Keel and some other people continually point out. And for the right reason, we need to keep an eye on that and make sure that they eventually turn that into some money for the investors. Um, uh, I thought it was very interesting that... Uh, well, I, don't think,
0: I don't think the current investors would be too happy if they decided to stop in the growth mode no, no, and I, just I, focus I think, on profitability. Yeah, because, I think uh, yeah.
1: that's something that they've pointed out, which is uh, the people who are on board with zero are on board knowing that it's a long-term growth company, and uh, they know that when they're into it. Uh, I did think it was very interesting by uh Rory on, uh, on his second uh, acceptance speech talking about uh, Morning Zone tech companies should explore the uh, NZ uh, stock exchange um, I think his exact words were uh, man up and list Yeah, and he was looking directly at uh, a fellow winner uh, Vaughn Russell from uh, Vend when he said that Vend uh, won the under 5 million dollar category for the uh, high tech explorer of the year and also the uh, state uh, state government of Victoria award for uh, uh, product product services was it I think them.
0: Yeah, yeah, they had, yeah, they had the two, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. so uh, I thought
1: that was quite funny. They liked to with each other, mm. uh,
0: and yeah, bun- a bunch of um, uh, others: Green Button uh, and Trigger Happy were, were two of the other winners. Uh, and uh, who else? Did Carnival we the Lab, Car- um, yeah, Carnival. I think you'll
1: be you'll have something talking with all of them. in And yeah, the we chat, we
0: chat with most of those in the uh, in the separate separate episodes. So, well uh, uh, worth looking into. And uh, Sim's done a little bit of a write up on uh, on the awards as well uh, at uh, at idealog. right? Yeah, just
1: yep. go to idealog.co.nz for slash tech. Yes.
0: Yep. All right. The uh, little bit of uh, promo. My uh, plug is done.
1: I will. In, in, I will leave that. the office now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, we've we've got all sorts of new gadgets that have been flying around the office here uh, today. Actually, it's uh, it's somewhat overwhelming. We might just jump in and have a chat through some of those. Now, um, first of all, we've got something we chatted about um, oh a month a month or two back actually, which is um, Sony's new. Xperia Tablet Z now uh, very similar styling to the Xperia Z uh, smartphone. It's also Android based, uh, but yeah, it was just interesting picking this up again, uh, having had hands on lots of other sort of tablets uh, in between, and it does really stand out for how slim and uh, uh, it's you know very sort of a very thin sort of slab slate sort of type um, shape sleek to it, professional
1: right? beautiful build and uh, it kind of goes in, uh, goes against the trend that I've seen with uh, a lot of Android tablets which is that round bubbly flavoring mm. which I hate it's very beautiful very well done uh, and it's uh, just as waterproof as the Xperia Z
0: yes it is yeah yeah so you can um, you can apparently uh, you know uh Go and have a bath and not have to be separated from your technology so you can sit and read a book or watch some video. Which is literally
1: the Um. only place where I don't take my phones anymore. Mm. So, you know, the final frontier right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Or if you live in a warmer climate and uh, you just want to go um, and uh, lie in the ocean and... uh, and read something, maybe. No probably. We not. have all
1: these beaches. Why don't we make use of them and find different <laughs> tablets in there? Um, uh, with this tablet here, is this the three G version or the Wi Fi only
0: version? Uh, I've only seen details for a Wi Fi release uh, in New Zealand, uh, so I, th- I don't know that we're going to see a three G, uh, a three G version here in in the New Zealand market, I think that really comes down to the carriers sort of picking it up it 's up to uh, up to Vodafone telecom two degrees to to you know to sign up uh, in most cases if we're going to uh, if we 're going to see uh, those 3G variants so the detail that I saw through uh, today was actually in fact I think they just made the official announcement uh, today. Uh, so we've got some uh, we've got some pricing. There's a sixteen and thirty two uh, gig model available. With a thirty two gig um, uh, tablet becoming uh, or coming exclusively through the um, the Sony uh, style s- stores, and the sixteen gigs at seven hundred and twenty nine and eight forty nine for the the thirty two gig. So that's priced
1: quite competitively, I
0: think. M- model, so um, you know, at this at this sort of end, that's um, that's a reasonable a reasonable sort of price, especially when you you know you consider the uh, you know the build of the product. But it does show how much difference there is now between the higher end uh, you know tablets with with a with a larger uh, a larger screen on them, because these are a ten point one inch uh, screen with uh, full HD. Um, and just jumping back on those specs, we said it was thin. It's six point nine millimeters um, uh, slim, and uh, four hundred and ninety-five grams. So for a ten point one-inch tablet, that's pretty phenomenal in terms of just just how uh, how thin, thin, and light um, that is. Wait, uh, six point
1: nine millimeters. That's incredible i'm I'm just trying to think of that in my head
0: yeah no it's yeah. less less yeah. less you know two thirds of a centimeter or just yeah. just just over uh, and it's a full h d um, display as well so yeah it's um it's it's pretty cool um so there's a bunch bunch more specs there that uh, that you can no doubt uh look up on online. Uh, and you've got the uh, near field communications capabilities, and also the uh, infrared remote uh, type capability, which we've seen really coming across all the, the top smartphones. We've got we've got the three sort of beasts lined up here at the moment. The um, you know the big three in the in the Android uh, market with their full HD screens. They've all got infrared on them. The HTC uh, One, the Samsung Galaxy S4, and the um, uh, the Sony Xperia Z um, smartphone. Uh, but it's good to see the the tablets offering that same sort of function. So you know the idea is there. You can sit there watching TV and control your TV from from your tablet.
1: And it's very interesting th- to think because Sony and Samsung both are obviously uh, television manufacturers as well. So they would want that. Oh, and I'm wondering why HTC came along to the party just because the other two were. Or
0: yeah, that, yeah. It's uh, well, I imagine there's some technology that you know chip vendor or someone has just made available so it's just like do you want that as well oh okay you know so every, everyone's just sort of th- yeah. you know thrown it in because it's it's uh, you know been easy to miniaturize uh, i mean we saw that sort of technology in um things like the palm pilot going back you know over over a decade uh, but it's uh, it's now coming back. The other thing that the Sony has, they've got some quite nice integration between these devices with the near field communications, and also with the remote on. Um, I think it was one of the newest TVs where you could tap the smartphone uh, to the remote, and it would uh, it would seek then up. Um, yeah seek out that TV and uh, and mirror the 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 screen off the uh, off the device. So um, yeah, there's there's some cool stuff coming through there. Uh now, two other uh devices that we've been, just had a had a short look at this afternoon is two new uh laptops that are coming through from h p now we've got one with a fifteen inch screen one with a seventeen inch screen uh the fifteen inch one we were playing with before really really uh powerful uh specs on it, it had eight gigs worth of uh worth of ram um terabyte hard drive. Um, and a few other bits and pieces that I think haven't yet been uh, publicly announced, so we can't sort of share all the details on uh, on that. But uh, those are going to be coming available early June. Uh, it was a yeah really nice big touch uh, touch screen, fifteen inch touch screen. Um, so a real big sort of chunky laptop for for gaming and uh, and the like. Uh, quite a nice uh, a nice piece of hardware in the seventeen. Uh, Inch one there as well, so we're going to spend a little bit more time on those over the next uh, week or two, and we'll uh, we'll report back on uh, on those findings of uh, of what what really stands out. Uh, now there was also another uh, smartphone that landed here today, uh, sim that uh, is sort of in the lower to sort of uh, mid range, but definitely at the lower range uh, from a from a price point.
1: Yeah, it's the uh, Huawei Ascend. I forget the numbers on this I think it's the G520. G520, and this is about $250, is
0: it? Uh, $299. It's just just launched into the market at, yeah.
1: It's a pretty good-looking phone, uh, and and it doesn't look like a $300 phone, which is quite amazing. Uh, And um, I just went to the TNS uh, Mobile Life survey today, and uh, one of the figures that uh, this research agency came up with was that New Zealanders are willing to pay up to $400 for a smartphone. And they 're willing to pay for the quality now with Huawei bringing in um, these what we are calling low end phones but very capable phones it 's making it such an attractive offer on both the top end of the scale and bottom of the end of the scale and it 's just inter- interesting to see how good the things that used to be crap at three hundred dollars are now
0: it's, yeah yeah oh. I mean you know we 've got we 've got all of the 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 phones that we mentioned before that are all around that thousand to uh, you know 11 $1, 50 type price range or well, I think I've already seen all of them discounted including the um, the Galaxy S4 I saw discounted today down at $999 uh, so there are you know fascinating that there's such discounting on, on products that have just been released but yeah and then right down to these two sort of you know really good smartphones at a $299 price point now that's the G510 by the way I might have, might have got that model number wrong a moment ago but uh, and yeah, we've also got the Nokia um, uh, 520 that we, we had a look at, I think, and in, in, uh, a couple of a few weeks back. Um, so yeah, there's some really really strong uh, strong handsets at that uh, at that price point. I think once you get start getting down closer to the two hundred dollar price point, uh, that's where things sort of start falling apart, and you often get you know old versions of operating systems and things like that. Uh, but that one's running, uh, I think, is it Android four or four
1: point one. Um, it looks like four point one. Mm.
0: Um, so yeah so not um not not too shabby for that sort of price point anyway uh, now there 's a few products that are uh, that are that are about to uh to launch in the in the uh, moments and weeks ahead that uh, just worth mentioning so um uh, blackberry of course launched started launching their uh, blackberry z uh, ten uh in- internationally uh earlier on in the year well that's uh, we 've got the official blackberry launch coming here in New Zealand about two weeks away. Uh, and also the q10, which is the one with the keyboard coming, and of course, uh, last week they also um, um, started making announcements around a much lower end uh, Blackberry smartphone to uh, uh, to really i guess compete with you know devices uh, like the two hundred and ninety nine dollar ones that we've just been uh, been discussing now we don 't know what the actual price point for those will be, uh, but uh, yeah, blackberry are really trying to get themselves back in the back in the game and uh looks like they're uh you know they've really got a a bit of movement going on so
1: unless they can get justin bieber to uh sport a blackberry phone right now i don't know how much they can play that coming back into cool game though Uh, what's your thoughts on that
0: yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, um, it's a somewhat challenging one. We, you know, we just had an announcement uh, in the last day or so around an, another, uh, another smartphone uh, brand uh, launching. You know, we've got a number of other operating systems that are all, uh, you know, trying to, uh, to, to edge their way in. Uh, and yeah, I guess there's a little bit of room for them to have a small market share, but you know, to be profitable, I think that's reasonably hard with a really small uh, market share. Uh, because you end up without the apps and even you know even windows uh, phone, which has sort of been you know sort of growing in in um, you know uh, in market share over you know every every sort of three to six months, we see some uh, stronger figures, but you know there 's still some apps that they haven 't been able to uh, you know, convince the developers to uh, to you know to put onto uh Windows phone. And I guess the smaller and more obscure your uh, operating system, the harder that's going to be so I mean blackberry this uh, you know their future depends on uh, on making this work, so they're they're working very hard to uh, you know to get out there so it 's good that they 're coming out with the products and I think you know that, that's that's uh, that's a really essential part of it, and they seem to have got a lot of the major uh, app vendors on board so um, we'll we'll wait and see a little bit on that until we get to have a little bit more of a look. But they don't seem to have really created the buzz internationally that I think they would have liked to uh, with the uh, with the with the launches uh, so far this year. Uh, now, so so there's Blackberry uh, tomorrow morning, uh, Wednesday morning, about five a.m. New Zealand time. We've got the uh, the announcement from Microsoft on the uh, the new Xbox, which um, I think there's been a. Uh, quite a few details that have uh, that have bounced around on that so we we won't go back over that again um because the real info will be out there um anyway um by the time a lot of you are uh are listening to this uh, this episode so that'll be something on the cards for uh, for next week and uh, um yeah it'll be it'll be quite uh, quite interesting to watch and see how Sony and Microsoft sort of try and uh, differentiate them Themselves as they're really, you know, essentially going after uh, the same consumers with their products.
1: Yeah, they are, but in many ways, they've already got very established silos. Because when you're a uh, PlayStation fan, you tend to be within that PlayStation group, within that PlayStation gaming uh, ecosystem. And when you're an Xbox fan, you have that Xbox ecosystem, Xbox games. You kind of stick to it. I don't see very many people that actually kind of cross over, but I might just be one of those people with friends that only have one console instead of uh, two yeah, or three. Yeah,
0: I think we'll, there's the potential to see a fair bit of change. I mean, if we look back a generation, Microsoft had a pretty small, uh, you know, market share before the Xbox 360 came out, and you know they went from that much smaller market share with the Xbox 360 to a bigger market share. I'm sure it helped them that they came out with the Xbox 360 well ahead of. Uh, you know, the offerings from Sony and, and Nintendo. Uh, so that helped them sort of ramp up a, a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I think... Uh, I th- uh, yeah, I think there's there's still opportunity for people to choose and a lot of people aren't that hardcore in terms of their commitment, I think, to one brand or another. So,
1: But it tends to be that hardcore group that pays the $12, whatever it is, per month for gold and things mm, like that. Mm. And that's where the it's money the gold is. Gold subscriptions. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it certainly, uh, it certainly earns extra revenue there for Microsoft, doesn't it? Uh, and the other product uh, coming through is, of course, Microsoft's uh, Surface Pro tablet. Uh, which is their, their you know high end uh, surface tablet, and that lands here in New Zealand, uh, I think officially on the uh, on the thirtieth of May. What uh, did you think
1: of the pricing that they said for it? I think you did a comparison on uh, the Tech Jungle blog, and it showed it was about a uh, hundred to two hundred dollars more uh, when you convert it straight from the US. Uh, pricing
0: yeah it's i mean it's interesting the and that's the,
1: without the covers
0: these pricing variances that we see between the markets so uh we've got the the pricing for the sixty four gig uh, model is thirteen hundred and forty nine and then for the one twenty eight gig model uh fourteen hundred and ninety nine and we're talking about a premium of what are we looking at uh, between eighty and ninety five dollars, depending on which model. Uh, if you were to do a direct comparison uh, with the US pricing, sort of on the day, once you you know pop the tax back in there, so it's not a it's not a huge variation. It's not a you know ten percent difference, but it's more than uh, it's more than five percent uh which i think is reasonably reasonably normal it's certainly nice when we see uh you know sharper price uh, price differences but it's it's pretty unusual i think we were looking uh, at this um the HP slate 7 uh tablet last week and that was launched in the US i think 169 US dollars x tax and it's selling here in New Zealand for 229 uh, which by the time by the time you add the tax in is a, probably a similar sort of variation. It's uh, you know it's close enough that you you sort of think wow that's actually that's really good. And, I mean in the case of the Slate Seven that's a hot price for a, a seven inch tablet. Uh, but as you move up to a higher price product like this, I guess that that percentage uh, you know stretches out to be a you know a somewhat bigger number. Uh, but I don't think you know an eighty five sort of ninety dollar uh, price difference is is uh, you know, too painful, it certainly costs more than that to get one shipped across to New Zealand in most cases. Yep. Uh,
1: what I see as a problem here for Microsoft is, and I actually think the product is most likely going to be good, when I've used it, it's been quite great, and uh, I do like being able to use more apps on it, and when I say apps, I mean software I've had in Windows 7, but what I see as the problem here is, people who aren't inside of our little technology bubble will see it as a tablet. They won't see it as a laptop Hybrid, which is kind of what how I see it, and when they'll see it, they'll see it as a fourteen hundred, thirteen hundred dollar tablet, and that's where I see Microsoft struggling in New Zealand, and I don't know if they've done enough to kind of show that it, we're not competing against the iPad here. We're kind of competing against ultrabooks or things like that.
0: Well, I guess that's where their RT product fits because it comes in a you know dramatically lower price point. And then we're also hearing about uh you know, in fact in the last week or two there's been a bit of information that's leaked around a eight point one inch uh win- Windows tablet, I think, from Acer, uh that they're talking about a sort of three or four hundred dollar uh US uh price tag. Um so you know, we're starting to see the Windows product sort of fill out those various spaces, but you know, Windows is unique as in in its ability on a tablet to be able to do what a tablet does plus, as you say, do what an Ultrabook or a a laptop would do. So, yeah, I think there's some education, uh, you know, probably lacking in the the market and, yeah, non-techies won't understand probably where, uh, you know, where it fits specifically but, uh, you know, maybe that's... uh, If
1: if Dick Smith ends up putting the Surface Pro just an aisle away from the iPad, I think it'll be doing Microsoft a very big disservice here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and and the, and that's probably one of the challenges Microsoft has is if they you know if they don't get uh, get it marketed right in the retailers with a nice display and all the right information and uh, you know the the right uh, support, then yeah, people will just will just compare it and uh, yeah, there needs to be that uh, that further information shared. I think there are a lot of business users who are probably really interested, and that's prob- potentially they really their biggest. Uh, you know, their biggest opportunity is you know for those people that are just sick of having you know big laptop big machine to carry around uh, and they're interested in, uh, in, in giving it a go the issue I've had uh, is using because it's got a um, the port on the side for the video is a uh, mini display port um, which is the same type of connector as uh, as my MacBook um, Pro has uh, although it's a Thunderbolt connector on the um, on the MacBook and because I use a 32-inch monitor on my desk, which there's no such thing, it's a TV, uh, for some reason I can't sync the, uh, the Surface Pro up with that particular monitor uh, using the, the cable I've got. So maybe the, the official cable, uh, which hopefully we'll get, uh, we'll get hands on in the, in the next uh, you know, week or so, um, may solve that problem or it might just be a problem with my, you know, my TV. Uh, but um, yes, yeah, so I haven't been able to use that as my main sort of uh, you know everyday machine really for that uh, for that reason, not for an extended period of time, unless I flick back to my uh, smaller monitor. So, uh, but yeah, so lots of interesting uh, uh, you know gadgets and, and tech sort of coming up in terms of launch. Now, last week also we had uh, the Google I/O conference uh, happening in uh, in San Francisco. Uh, what were the highlights that stood out to you there, Sim?
1: Um, as somebody who's keeping an eye on uh, the different legal music downloading and purchasing services out there... Did you I, say
0: illegal or legal?
1: Legal. Oh, uh, right, I would right. never condone illegal music downloading. Oh, that's good to would have my head. Um, Google Play Music All Access, which is the best-named music service ever, uh, which is Google's um, new music streaming service, which has uh, Sony and Universal behind it as well, in terms of our uh, labels on, on it. So... That's a pretty big catalog there
0: yeah I haven't seen the exact numbers of how many tracks they've got. I know that uh, I think Microsoft with their uh, their Xbox music now are up to um, somewhere in the 30 million, uh, 30 million tracks uh, but of course that you know that service. And, and its forerunner, the Zune service, have been around for uh, yeah, must be uh, at least five years now, yeah. uh, in 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 some form. So I guess you know Google are just getting started. So I'm sure that catalogue will grow out to cover. Um, yeah, pretty much very similar to what we see from the other uh, the other services. So this is a subscription uh, service, so I, I guess along the lines uh, in some ways of that Xbox Music service, um, RDO and and Spotify. In terms of uh, you know you pay a one fee and you can just access and stream uh, um, stuff all you like, right? Sort of all you can eat type service. Yep. Uh, but it's not available in New Zealand at this stage, is it?
1: No, and uh, the Google rep I was talking to says it probably won't be available for. Some time, but there is no timeline that they can give us. So hopefully it will be sometime soon and um, it can start competing with uh, uh, the players we have here. And, and I do want to point out that uh, I think it's uh, the radio network, TRN, which is our Newstalk ZB and ZM, they're launching their own uh, service called iHeartRadio, which is uh, going to be interesting. We're going to be you know sport for choice here.
0: Oh, right, yeah, because iHeartRadio has been around in the U.S. for yeah, quite some time, hasn't it? I
1: think the, it? TRN's doing some sort of franchise version of it here. So. Okay,
0: oh, that's, a, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fascinating to watch. Uh, and other things from I.O., there's um, a new, uh, well, Google have, have launched an in- integrated uh, development environment for those who are writing apps for Android. Uh, and there's a new design for uh, uh, Google+. Plus.
1: Yeah, um, it kind of makes it look like Pinterest or Tumblr, the old school masonry style uh, posts. Uh, it's, it's okay, it confuses me, I hate that style, it just makes me frustrated, but I guess more visually inclined people will be onto that.
0: Yeah, I like the look of it, but I think I had the same issue as you with just trying to find my way around for particular things. Uh, yeah, it sort of give it, me it, a it, linear wall any day. It's it's threw it's me a bit, and uh, and Google Maps is getting a bit of a uh, a refresh as well, right? There's some um, some new bits coming coming through there.
1: Yeah, it, it looks like it's just being leaned back a bit and made more intuitive for people to use. Uh, getting some some of the features of kind of moved to the side, and uh, I think there's going to be you now street view for mobile. I, I saw that that looked very cool, mm. and that'll be super useful for people like me who are at the destination but don't know what the destination should look like
0: well google um well um google maps i think when you use their uh, you know their navigation to navigate you to a place usually when you get to the destination there's a
1: little thing that it does can, yeah. it, it
0: does show you the um it shows you the view maybe that doesn't work in all countries but uh that was certainly the case when when we were in in the states a week or so back uh, and you'd pull up outside a destination and it would flick straight to the uh, straight to the street view which I'm sure I've seen that in New Zealand as well um so I think that's um but m- maybe that's not working on it's um,
1: not on my iOS on, version on, but on, maybe yeah, it the could iPhone be on, version yeah.
0: yeah but it definitely is on uh, on on the Android version um, okay now um other uh, things, I guess, out of the uh, the, the Silicon Valley area. Um, now, Yahoo are based. Are they
1: based in the Valley? They must be. I think they are San Fernando, maybe or right.
0: So, like um, so yeah, Yahoo have been been in the news with um, a, a couple of uh, product happenings. Um, a rather big acquisition, really, on the scale of uh, of what Yahoo are worth these days, uh, in that they acquired Tumblr for one point one billion US dollars. What's uh, What's your take on this? That's a That's a big spend.
1: It is a big spend, but uh, I think Marissa Meyer, who's the CEO of Yahoo, has a mission, and the mission is to make Yahoo cool and relevant. And to be cool and relevant, you need to go be where. The youth are, and apparently that's Tumblr. Um, well, you're I, on Tumblr. I'm aren't on Tumblr, but I'm not cool or relevant, so oh, I don't know what's that, what that's <laughs> about. Uh, the thing is, I think it was about 10, 13 years ago, Yahoo bought Geocities for $3.3 billion. How did that go for them? Not particularly well. But I, I, I see people saying that online all the time, but I think things have changed quite dramatically now where where GeoCities was at a time when not everybody was on the internet and the internet wasn't for everyone, mm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to now where you know everyone is there. And Tumblr is one of those places where <coughs> there's a lot of people sharing, there's a lot of people talking, there's a lot of people creating original content. And Yahoo is not really a search engine uh, provider anymore. It's a content provider. It has uh, Yahoo, Yahoo has uh, quite a few... Uh, popular blogs and things like that, and I think this will all integrate. And it also has an ad network. And Tumblr doesn't have ads and it needs ads. So it's, it's a relationship that they both need, whether it's going to work and whether people are going to accept it, I don't know. Uh, interestingly, I think uh, usually there's about 300 Tumblr exports per hour to WordPress a day. And today... There was seventy thousand Tumblr exports per hour to WordPress. So I don't know if um, uh, the Tumblr people are feeling so happy on that service. Well, the Tumblr,
0: yeah, that that was that was something that came out pretty quickly, wasn't it? That uh, uh, there seems to be a, I guess, a, a real concern from uh, from Tumblr users. Around Yahoo um, and yeah, Yahoo having bought it, um, a whole bunch of them are bailing. But I guess in the scheme of it, there's so many of those blogs um, that's unlikely to be an issue unless it you know continues on and on and on. But uh, yeah, short term, if they are losing some of their big ones, that will uh, that will, will be a real problem for them. Now, uh, also one of the other Yahoo properties, um, Flickr, that's been through a redesign.
1: Yeah, it's um. Got on very big images and very big, again another mosaic kind of site. Because uh, that's their, that's their that, photo app.
0: That's yeah. their photo app, isn't
1: it? It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, if you've used five hundred pixelscom you'll be very familiar what uh, Flickr looks like, yeah. uh, and that's great because um, uh, while I love how five hundred pixels looks, um, I don't like how it doesn't have as much of a community there. And, um, and now I've got the same looks and a new community and the same community that i've always loved on flickr so mm. as a photographer it's pretty awesome
0: now um you mentioned uh you 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 use tumblr um what's what's the blog that you've got up on there
1: um it's a little street photography blog um, about auckland city uh it's called com. so aucklandia.com um and it's on wordpress and tumblr uh, and i find that tumblr is very good for engaging with people that like uh aesthetics and things like that cool yeah
0: and what else have you been working on behind the scenes i think we chatted on a recent episode about an uh an app you're working away on yeah um, so
1: um i've got an app in the uh apple app store it's a newsstand magazine that i built using html5 within a native container uh it's pretty cool if i say so myself and uh within a week it had about a thousand plus downloads and uh it's now new and noteworthy in itunes so i'm pretty chuffed and uh that's mostly thanks to people like uh your listeners who will obviously go and download it hopefully and uh yeah and the support of the awesome people of auckland yeah
0: yeah no it's, it's pretty cool so um what are people going to find when they uh, when they fire up your app
1: Not pornography, so you can all be assured of that. It's uh, a lot of photographs of um, uh, Auckland, people in Auckland, some uh, portraits of uh, the people I see while I'm walking around on weekends with my camera. Uh, And, um, yeah, it's kind of like a little art project for this little geek.
0: Nice, nice. Now, um, moving moving back onto gadget stuff. Um, smart light bulbs have had quite a bit of uh, media attention this year because we've started seeing a few products come through into the market. So, there's uh, uh, Philips Hue just got announced uh, here in, in New Zealand uh, this week as uh, as becoming available. Now, they're a product that I think have been exclusively available through uh, through Apple stores internationally. And I think that's the same case with their availability in the New Zealand market. You have to order them online through the Apple Store. Uh, but these are um, so they're, they're wirelessly or, or app-controlled uh, light bulbs. You can change the colour and also you know all sorts of things. Turn them on and off. Um, the other one, which has been on Kickstarter, is the um, I think it's is it Life-X? Lifex. Um and uh, those ones will be becoming available uh, later on in the year. And then there's the um, limitless uh, LED uh, product, which um, the guys, uh, the limitless designs guys out of uh, uh, Tauranga are behind. Um, they're produced in uh, in, in China, uh, but um, yeah, we've got um, some local Kiwi guys that have uh, that have been in, involved in uh, some of the technology that allows you to interface. Uh, those bulbs and uh, and control them from uh, from uh, from an app on your smartphone um, as well as from a uh, uh, an infrared remote uh, not an infrared remote control, an rf based uh, radio frequency based uh, remote control
1: i was making fun of you just before about the um liking these light bulbs so much but uh, after seeing a video you showed me where somebody was using it as a uh to flash when you have a notification on your phone or uh, as a strobe light that you control from your phone and things like that it's much more useful than i thought and, and and i guess if you're thinking at home why are they talking about light bulbs for go and youtube these things they're very interesting and it's such a simple idea that you wonder why didn't you think of it
0: you mm. know? yeah no it is cool the, the limitless ones are interesting because um although they maybe don't have all of the all of the features of uh you know the the Philips Hue which i think the starting price was um you know north of $250 uh per for for, for the starter kit which like, included th- you know three bulbs um and uh, you know the life uh, the life x was was reasonably expensive as well. Limitless, I think, um, was under sixty US dollars for a little sta- starter kit. Uh, and you can get these with a color bulb or the just the white bulb. Um, the white bulb was really interesting because you can change it from a warm uh, to a cold uh, light, so the sort of more yellowish light um, back to that sort of more daylight type light, and so on. Uh, and you can you can dim them and, and do all sorts of control. Uh, But yeah, that uh, when I looked on the website last week was uh, was under sixty dollars for the uh, uh, for the kit, and that includes the uh, the the Wi-Fi sort of bridge, which allows you to connect it into your home network and then uh, control from your smartphone. But as Sim was saying, there's all sorts of possibilities about how you might control these things. So you might have a um, you know, for instance, some sort of a, a because you can computer control them uh, it doesn 't just have to be from a smartphone app, uh, you know there are, there are guys that are setting up all sorts of sensors and and different methods of controlling these things. So you might have a, a sensor that uh, you know like a motion detector that tells you when somebody uh, you know, walks up your driveway and you could have a, a light that maybe just pulsates or does something uh, to alert you to that activity or that someone 's your uh, at your door. Uh, there really are, you know, I guess limitless sort of, you know, potential for the sort of, yeah, you know, playing on their name. Okay, don't don't mock me, uh, but uh, you know, there are all sorts of things that you could actually do, uh, you know, with being able to com- computer control these things, or you know, have control things when you're you know you're away on holiday and have the lights come on a particular time or dim and um you know to turn on to wake you up in the morning or yeah, who knows what but uh yeah all, there are a lot of opportunities or as sim was saying something like you know alert you to an email at a you know you get an an email in the and the and uh you know particular yeah you know, uh, the bulb pulsates a particular color or something i don't know uh but yeah all sorts of fun things and uh, probably some practical things as well i'm sure uh in the mix so uh yeah quite interesting now, um, hands on with with uh, with with gadgets. Uh, we we mentioned a couple already, uh, and I think last week we talked a, a briefly around uh, the the sling box, which lets you take um, the signal that's coming into your uh, your set top box, uh, you know, such as a Freeview box or a um, um, a, a, a My Sky box, and then um, uh, effectively sort of project that over the internet you know pick it up via your laptop or or your smartphone from another location uh, when you're not at home and even control the uh, uh, you know the the remote uh, on it on that basis Um, and there was a a new little box that I picked up uh, in the US that actually includes a slingbox app amongst other things and this box is called the Netgear Neo TV Max Uh, it was 68 US dollars and uh, for those that are familiar with uh, uh, the Roku box, which a lot of people use for uh, uh, for Netflix and and watching various online content, um, the Neo TV offers similar types of uh, similar types of features, um, but added two unique things for me. One um, was that it has the the Slingbox app. The other is that it had um, Intel WiDi capability. So that's the uh, ability to basically take what's on your laptop screen and push it up to your TV or, or your projector,
1: and I believe a lot of the new, uh, like Sony Bravia TVs and things, they come with that, and also the yeah, we're uh, starting we're and, and
0: starting to yeah. see that wide-eye capability um, and and variations on that technology become available in uh, in TVs, uh, but. You know, I guess that the the issue is that a lot of us already have uh, TVs, or you have a projector, for instance, which is what I use. That doesn't have any you know smart TV type capabilities, so I need a box. And you know, I'd find it was just too much hassle to plug in the HDMI cable to my laptop if I wanted to uh, sit down and use you know use the laptop on the projector. Whereas now my laptop, boom, you know, I've suddenly got a hundred inch screen, and it's you know just really easy to push that. Uh, Push that through. So um, this is a US specific product, but uh, probably something that can be uh, uh, you know, can be ordered in from uh, from from the US using one of the many uh, uh, many uh, options for uh, you know for for doing that. So um, yeah, quite cool. Uh, and at that price point, you know, it comes in um, you know um, certainly cheaper than the the top end uh, you know Roku uh, Roku set top boxes as well. Uh, well, that, that just about wraps us up for this week. I think the, um, the last thing is just um, that we do have some more episodes coming uh, partic- around the uh, New Zealand High Tech Awards. So we've got some content there. So, uh, so watch out for that to, uh, to land in your, uh, in your podcasting app and see if you can find some time to listen in. Uh, some really fascinating discussions uh, with some of the founders and, uh, and CEOs of, of those tech firms. Uh, and yeah just I, I was really surprised actually talking with them uh, about the variety and and just how interesting some of the uh, you know some of the things are that uh, that these firms are doing and uh, you know just the amount of business they're getting as well uh, some of them are, are really uh, ramping up quite quickly uh, and the other thing is uh, next week we've got an episode where as well as talking through all the the usual uh, news we're going to talk a little bit about um, picking uh, picking, an appropriate uh, smartphone to buy because there are just so many options in the market Uh, and we have uh, special guest Di Henwood uh, joining us for uh, for that chat so that's it that wraps us up thank you everybody for uh, for joining us here on the New Zealand Tech Podcast Uh, now before we uh, before we shut off uh, Sim where can we find you on online in the uh, social media and online world
1: Everywhere. I'm um, on Twitter, I'm Semantics, S I M Antics, and uh, you can see my uh, tech writing and uh, entrepreneurial news at uh, idealog.co.nz or uh, media news at stoppress.co.nz.
0: Excellent, excellent, and uh, of course, I can be tracked down on Twitter at Paul Spain, uh, also on uh, most of the other social networks, Google Plus uh, and uh, and Facebook, on the like, and um, and we have official pages uh, in really all of those social networks for the New Zealand Tech Podcast. So if you want to keep up with any of the announcements or uh, you know little bits of breaking news that we uh, that we come across, or sometimes uh, you know hot deals, um, then it is worth uh, it is worth following us on. Uh, uh, on on Twitter and uh, and on those other uh, uh, social networks such as Facebook and uh, uh, Google Plus and LinkedIn and so on. So uh, yeah, well that wraps us up. Um, and of course, you can find us nztechpodcast dot com. Thanks for listening. See ya.